Hey neighbor, I appreciate you stopping by. It's a great evening tonight. Fall's in the air. Won't be long. It'll be Christmas time. But hey, pull up a chair. I'll run inside the house and get you a cup of joe. I'll be right back. Dr. Jordan Peterson, a professor of psychology at the University of Toronto, a clinical psychologist and a public speaker, rose to worldwide recognition in 2016 when he released a series of YouTube videos criticizing Bill C-16 passed by the Parliament of Canada to introduce gender identity and expression as a prohibited ground of discrimination. He argued that the bill would make the use of certain gender pronouns into compelled speech and related this argument to a general critique of political correctness and identity politics. In the weight of the controversy, Peterson's lectures, debates, podcasts, and YouTube videos have gradually gathered millions of followers. He put his clinical practice and teaching duties on hold by 2018 when he published his second book, 12 Rules for Life, An Antidote to Chaos. It has sold in the millions. In the book, Peterson lays out 12 simple yet profound rules for sorting yourself out, setting your house in order, and improving the world by starting with yourself. Yet, in his recent YouTube video, Return Home, he revealed he has, in his words, been suffering from severe impaired health as a consequence of benzodiazepine used for anxiety. His impairment is from both a debilitating addiction to the drug and severe complications resulting from the drug withdrawal. Benzodiazepines are tranquilizers with familiar names like Halcyon, Xanax, and Valium. They are some of the most prescribed medications in the United States for legitimate medical conditions. He started taking it in early 2017, he says, according to the prescribed recommendations, for deep anxiety characterized by anguish and a lack of hope for the future. Those are his exact words. Anxiety characterized by anguish and a lack of hope for the future. This mind expert's collapse into severe tranquilizer addiction, despite his acute understanding of its dangers, points to the severe anxiety pressures of anxiety all of us live with in these difficult times. The incessant pressures and constant crises are so overwhelming that the consequence can be mental collapse resulting in debilitating anxiety, which results in a sense of a hopeless future. This mounting sense of debilitating anxiety and loss of hope dwarfs the impact of the Wuhan virus itself. I will include the hyperlinks to a few reputable news accounts on the devastating impact as a starter, but you need to research this and know for yourself the lifelong damage that is being done to non-infected billions of people. Awareness is the first step to combating feelings of hopelessness. So first of all, how can we combat hopelessness? How can we overcome it? Number one, combating feelings of hopelessness starts with each of us admitting that the entirety of pressure that has been put on the citizens of the world due to the virus and the response to it by the governments of the world is crippling, regardless of how strong you think you might be. Number two, the damage done to the young has lifelong consequences. To brush off these events as inconsequential to children because of some resiliency they miraculously have is misinformed and dangerous. I remember a child immigrant from Vietnam walking through the church foyer right after the end of the Vietnam War. A car backfired outside on the street. The child suddenly dropped to the ground and covered its head. I asked the child what was wrong. She said, gunfire. I told her the sound came from a car. She did not understand. The damages from that war were lasting. There is a mountain of data available on the web that is sounding the alarm. Professor Russell Viner, the president of the Royal College of Pediatrics and Child Health, warned in the British newspaper The Guardian in a recent article titled Scarred for Life 
He says, this is a generation under threat. It will be catastrophically disproportionately hit and harmed by the loss of economic and social opportunities as a direct result of the pandemic. You must be the first line of defense for your child and ask the tough questions and do the challenging things if it means preserving a sane and successful future for your child. Number three, overcoming and combating feelings of hopelessness starts also by being honest and seek help if you feel you're bottoming out emotionally overloaded with anxiety, or you are losing your grip on a hopeful future. You are not weak if you have reached this level of overload. It means you are human. A person created by God for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness can only stand up under so much weight. Then comes the collapse. Do not suffer alone, my friend. Ask others for help. Number four, some folks, though few, may be flourishing in this demanding time. If you are one of those people and you do not have a clue about that which I speak, then I encourage you, I implore you, go beyond yourself, research this social and mental crisis we are in, and commit to help those who are hurting. How do we overcome feelings of hopelessness? Number five, transfuse your mind with the Bible. The Bible will recalibrate the bombardment of hopelessness with an overwhelming sense of hopefulness and a glorious future. A real hope and a glorious future that does not hinge on present circumstances and is not held back by these present damages. An immense amount of possibilities exists to transfuse our minds with the Bible, God's Word to us. First, individually, personal meditation on the Bible. This is best done by reading the Bible aloud to yourself. There is great medicinal power in this. Secondly, we can transfuse our minds with the Word of God by listening to the Bible read to us. There are several free apps and websites available. I have included the links to some examples in the show notes. Thirdly, Bible-based podcasts like this one or The Daily Promise, produced by my friend Billy Taylor. The Daily Promise is on most podcast players as well as Amazon Alexa by just saying, Alexa, play The Daily Promise. Number six, finally, not only read and meditate on the Bible, but we must also obey the Bible if we are to combat feelings of hopelessness and overcome them. The Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse 4, gives us a series of commandments, not suggestions to follow. First of all, in verse 4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Rejoice means to be happy. Bobby McFerrin sang the catchy pop hit, Don't Worry, Be Happy. In God's world, happiness is a command, not a suggestion. And it is a commandment given to us all. And the Apostle Paul repeats it, which is unusual, and tells us how important it is and our propensity towards the opposite, which is mourning. Mourning. In verse 5, the next commandment is, Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. The commandment here is, Let it be known. We are commanded by our ever-present Lord to manifest a gentle, kind, and courteous spirit to everyone. In verse 6, it says, Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. There are two commandments here. Number one, don't worry about anything. Abandon the attitude and emotion of anxiety. Anxiety is the attitude of care taken to a harmful extreme that results in apprehension about possible danger or misfortune. The same word is also used in the Bible in the good sense of care. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 34, we see this example right there in the same verse. It says, The unmarried woman or girl is anxious about the affairs of the Lord, how to be holy in body and spirit. But the married woman is anxious about worldly affairs, how to please her husband. Intense concern for the affairs of the Lord is a great thing. Intense concern about worldly things is a harmful thing. 
When we have our focus properly on God, our concerns for worldly things are brought into alignment with His ways and we have peace. The second commandment in this verse is the prescription on how we abandon anxiety. It says, In everything we present our concerns to God through prayer and gracious, urgent pleas. In other words, folks, we take the weight of concerns off of our shoulders and place them on God. Ship your cares to God. The result of obedience to these commands to choose happiness, a gracious spirit to people, and a gracious transference of our cares to God is found in verse 7. It says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. He goes on in verse 8 to say, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence, and if there is anything praiseworthy, Dwell on these things. Unhealthy obsessions lead to feelings of death and mourning, as Peterson put it, a lack of hope for the future. But the prescription for God's peace is found in focusing the mind on the morally excellent and praiseworthy things in this world. And yes, despite this time of great wickedness we live in, there are true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, and commendable things. The result of this realigned focus, he says in verse 9, Do what you have learned and received and heard from me and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. In Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 25, Jesus commands to not be anxious about our lives and tomorrow, but today seek him and his righteousness. Friend, we can do what God has commanded us to do. It is for our own good. It is for our best. Philippians 4.13 reminds us we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. We must turn to him moment by moment and trust him. By his power, we will weather this storm and the storms of our lives as the overcomers Christ intends for us to be. And with that, my friend, I bid you peace. Hey, you've been listening to Guadalajara Rocks, God, the world, and other things. Our mission, advancing equilibrium in the midst of an agitated world. I've been your host, Kenny Price. As always, be sure to check out the show notes for info on how you can email us donate to help make this podcast possible, and all sorts of good info for your consumption. Man, if I can make the show notes scented, I'd make them give off the smoky oak goodness, the way it smells when I'm smoking a brisket. Anyway, until next time, make it a good one. 